In a world where the Marks think they know better than the wrestlers and the bookers, the Fantasy Booking Institute exists to pretty much do exactly that. This is a visit from the FBI. Welcome to another episode of A Visit from the FBI, your weekly dose of fantasy booking. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined as always by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? Well, I'm, I'm after our private conversation that we just had before this, I'm fantasy booking a chiropractor's visit. That's <laughs> first from what you and I were just talking about, yeah. where I'm the patient. But that's neither here nor there, and we're not going to talk about that on a wrestling podcast. And no, we are not. So if you are new to this show, the premise is simple. We take turns challenging the other to book some unknown and often unlikely scenario in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, we do not discuss these in advance, so we have to think on our feet, and sometimes we hit gold. Sometimes. Uh, before we get into it, I'd like to remind everyone to make sure to like, share, and subscribe so we can continue to grow and provide you with great content. Um, I think uh, DFA went first last week, so I will go first this week. So let's get on to booking number one. Nervous. Yeah. Uh, that I'm nervous? Yeah, you can admit it. I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm trying not to I'm trying to tone down the uh the nasty booking challenges that I did before. Well, the the funny part is, I mean, most of the time we're better than what's being booked sometimes in wrestling. So, yeah. I'm just staying mm. away from Bobby Lashley and and Rusev right now. So, <laughs> so uh Luke in... Lana's next relationship after Lashley? Yeah. Okay. So, Calls over. I'm not doing that one. <laughs> yeah, nope, nope. We're done. This show's over. Um, no, this one is better. I think. Okay. Go for um. It. So, uh, uh, I don't know. You you said you didn't entirely get uh raw finished yesterday. Uh, we both get oh. a little bit busy. Uh, but I am assuming you know most of what happened. Correct. Uh, I don't even know that I read a review. I mean, oh, cases have been here. Hold on. This is easy to do. Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report. The biggest one is, are you familiar with what happened with Seth Rollins? I will be in about, I don't know. That silence says you do not know. (laughs) Hold on. All right. uh, Okay, the the heel turn is complete. Yes. So. He's pals with the, the, yeah. Fathers of Pain, yep. So so that was the the big storyline going into it, you know. Kevin Owens was looking for Authors of Pain because he wanted to beat him up for what they did to him the other week. And uh, there was a confrontation out in the ring with Seth Rollins, who uh, once again vehemently denied having anything to do with Authors of Pain. Um, And then Authors of Pain showed up in their uh, van limo. It was actually pretty cool. It was a conversion van that had been limo-fied. With Um, one ring chair in it. Yeah, it, it had at the yeah, back door. That's the it had it had actually three chairs in it. There was two chairs in the middle row and then a third chair in the back and they were all on swivels. Anyways, but so um later on in the show after other stuff had happened, uh Kevin Owens makes his way back to that van and starts uh destroying it, smashing the windows and yada 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 like they do. Um 
and he gets around to the back and he finally opens up the back and after smashing a bunch and there's a guy you can't see who it is he's hunched over uh in the chair with a hoodie on you and before uh kevin owens can get that chair turned around authors of pain show up and start beating him up and then the chair turns around and the hoodie gets pulled up and it's seth rollins and he uh then beats up on kevin owens and then eventually gives a gives the typical um the fans turned on me, so I'm I'm a bad guy now. That's such a terrible speech. Like, wait, wait, I mean, no, the fans have been great. It's you who sucks. Yeah. Sometimes I, I, definitely, I, I that is a little facey, isn't it? It's yeah. tweener. I do wish they would have a heel turn that wasn't all about the fans. You know what I mean? I mean, because think about all the greatest heel turns in in history that we know of, right? Almost none of them were the fans. And that's all they do now. Well, I mean, think about it. Anytime, anytime uh, Flair did it to Sting over and over and over again, it was title-related, you know? And even if it's not title-related, uh, Owen, Owen to Brett, that's, I would still, I still say to this day, in terms of su- surprise turns, Owen to Brett is the greatest turn of all time. Um, it could be prestige-related, uh, like Mongo turning on, I can't even remember who he was partners with when he turned to join the Horsemen, uh, because Mongo doesn't matter. Um, but <laughs> but it was prestige based. It was it was hey, we're gonna give you a ton of money and you're gonna be part of the Horsemen if you turn. Okay, I'll turn. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And like you say, Flair, Flair, it was it was usually either uh, title based or prestige based or uh, you know combination of the two that was a. Uh, a big uh, evil plan the whole time. I'm going to pretend to be a face for two months so that Sting or whoever, most of the time Sting gives uh, me the title shot. Yeah, decides I'm I'm a good guy and all this stuff and then I'm going to turn on him. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Seth Rollins is now evil um, which is fine because you and I have been saying he needs to be I think they could have stretched it out a little bit longer but that's neither here nor there. Um but now we've actually got a faction. We've got Seth Rollins and the AOP. They haven't given a name yet, but uh, in, in WWE, three people equals a fas- faction. Um, that's just how it is. Uh-huh. Wait, wait, wait. No, because we've had this argument where when I said that New Day is a faction, and you said, no, man, they're a tag team. Well, because they, they always... We can't go into that because we'll just argue for an hour. Um <laughs> the, my, my argument with New Day is they're not a faction because they never wrestle as a faction. They always wrestle as a tag team and a singles. You know what I mean? Or someone's out injured and it's just a tag team. Whereas factions usually uh, wrestle as a game. So the Freebirds weren't a faction? Um, I would argue that they might not technically be considered a faction in my opinion. Uh, but they did always use the Freebird rule, which might which the new day rarely go to anymore. So, yeah. but we'll we'll either uh, you know we can entertain that whole argument later. My thing is, what I need you to do is come up with the alternate faction, the faction to fight Seth Rollins and AOP. Um, so I need uh, members. Uh, I need an idea for a name, and then uh, just a kind of overview plan for the future. You know how it's, I mean, I don't need you to book every match or anything like that. But how do, how do you stretch it out over a couple pay-per-views and and uh, make it exciting? Okay. Well, I mean, I, I think the obvious leader for said alternate faction is KO. 
Um, but I also think that this could easily be set up as a roughshod type faction that maybe helps get some vacations before before Royal Rumble. You know, they can run run a little roughshod over um, over three four weeks. What is it? Five? It'll be five weeks. They'll have five weeks before the Royal Rumble, so they can they can put out three guys in three weeks for their little bit of vacation time, and then you know start having however long they're going to be out. Um, but KO's already kind of gotten some of his vacation time, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was out with a injury, I think, for a while. And then just... So, I don't know. I mean, it depends on what they're... If, if they, I, I would prefer to see it as kind of a roughshod um, group of three because if you think back to one of the greatest... greatest um, factions of all time, especially three-man factions, NWO just kind of ran roughshod for a very long time and wasn't really, I mean sure there was there was the gold on Hogan because apparently that's what you do if you have Hogan, but as a whole it was more about um, just kind of ruining things for everybody else so um, I that's the route I would go um, with them and so I think that that it opens up a door for somebody who isn't self-sustaining like here's the deal KO is self-sustaining you can use him anywhere right Uh I mean he doesn't need a faction he really is the closest thing we have to Stone Cold on Raw right now in terms of plays nice doesn't play nice all of it so I don't think you give him a faction that's that's really what I'm saying. I, I think I think they go rough shot on him. I think they go rough shot on a couple other people. Um, I'm trying to think of who else he called out. So he called out uh, Ray. Ray'd be a terrible faction leader for this feud. Um, OC's obviously already not good guys. Does it have to be a faction that goes up against him? Uh, in this booking scenario, it does. But uh... it's, it's just more of a conglomerate that I think you would do. Um, okay. Who do we make a face? Big face. Um, do, 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 you stop it. Do, do, ricochet. Do, 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 this is the way you finally put Ricochet Okay. A fighting faction. He's the little guy, but he's the big leader. This is very, very, well, similar to what we already have with AOP and Rollins. Uh, Ray OP. Roll OP. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever they're going to name it. Um, authors of Rollins. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so I, I really quickly because you you mentioned that I read a tweet and I wished I wished I'd penned it so I could uh, credit the tweet to it. But uh, someone said it's fitting that he joined the Authors of Pain because anytime he tweets, I want to kill myself. Wow, <laughs> and Vicious. I love that's pretty fitting. Rollins of Pain. Anyway, doesn't really matter. Uh, okay, we're going to go with Ricochet. I want Ricochet to be the leader. I think this is a really good up-and-comer. Um, gives him a chance to be spotlight enough that maybe uh, at, at Royal Rumble, you know, the feud starts. At Royal Rumble is when the, the feud with Ricochet starts as he's the one who eliminates Seth. Um, as Seth is the second-to-last Raw guy and, and uh, Ricochet wins it. That'd be really cool. I'd be okay with that. And as the feud builds with Seth and AOP is coming out, um, I think we get... God, can you imagine Viking Raiders and... and I just can't see them meshing. So I'm not going to say Viking Raiders. 
Viking War Raider. War Viking Raider experience. <laughs> um, with Ricochet, we got a couple other little guys that that can be. I, I think you need a, a tag team. I'm just trying to think of anybody that I would enjoy as a tag team to join him. Um, You're assuming Hawk- there's another tag team on Raw. Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder join up with Ricochet. And though they get annihilated by AOP, it gives Ricochet enough time to cause similar issues for Seth over and over and over again. And eventually, um, eventually Kevin Owens comes back from injury and it's a four on three good guy advantage. Okay. Kind of joins up with him, but doesn't really become a member of, of the of the, the little guys, the underdogs. I don't know. God, they're going to have a stupid name. You want me to have a stupid name, too. <laughs> um, you are entirely in charge of what you name them. The Ryder and Hawkins. Ryder's been the internet champion Hawkins. The lovable losers. The, the rough riders. They call themselves the Rough Riders because of Zack Ryder's name, even though he's not the leader. And a ricochet is a bullet sound. This is a horrible concept. Of course <laughs> it's Seth Rollins. Of course it's uh, of course it's Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, I can't think of a good enough person to play that role. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, do I want Drew McIntyre to have an equally heel stable? Of course, but... I want Drew McIntyre in the title picture. I want Drew versus Drew versus Lesnar. Um, I don't want this. <laughs> so yeah, of course it's Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, Ricochet, and oh, I think you leave that wild card Randy Orton playing in there a little bit, and then the the actual turn comes from Randy Orton on everybody. So yeah, that's the real one. I want it to be Ricochet as a leader, but I just don't see him without it being like Hawkins and Ryder. I can't see him going up to Viking Raiders and being like, hey, ALP. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like, like, it just doesn't work. So, you know, um, yeah, it's, 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 there, this is, this is actually the scenario right now, I think, sadly, sets up a little bit like the Spider-Man movies, and they're blowing their best villain or their best hero right off the bat. <laughs> Am I wrong? Maybe, but we knew it was coming. I mean... You, like I said, I, I would have done... they did with the Rollins and Fiend thing. Like, why? There doesn't have to be a world title match here, or a WWE championship match, or uh, uh Universal champion. It was the Universal Championship. That didn't have to happen. Like you're blowing your best shots early. Like I said, I would have, I would have stretched out the is he a good guy or a bad guy at least another month myself. Well, you can develop so, other people in that story. I seriously, you name for me two guys that are that are more heel on Raw because we got or more face on Raw than Ricochet or Kevin Owens. You don't have it. Well, uh, yeah, I was just kind of looking. You I mean, know, Ray. Nobody wants while Ray. You, while you were doing yours, I was kind of looking to see kind of whom I might do. And uh, when you were talking a tag team, I thought the Street Profits. Okay. I, I and they, they have kind of had their little bit of fun with with uh, with Kevin Owens. So, yeah, that makes sense. So and that, they would work well with Ricochet. And then I had another one 
that I thought that, you know, from a tag team standpoint that could work well with Ricochet and also uh, just an absolute monster pop when they first get announced. And that would be a returning Usos. Yeah, that would work. Are they, so, they're raw? They're raw. So I didn't know for sure. So Well, there's uh, no reason for us to know for sure because they weren't officially announced at the draft one way or another, and uh, they haven't been seen since Jimmy got arrested. Or was it Jay? I, I don't know which one was which. One, one of them got arrested. One of them got arrested. Uh, but, no, I mean, it, it, here, it until you build a better Ricochet, and, not the, and this is not on Ricochet. This is on storyline, again. I don't think you can have Ricochet lead a faction like that. Um, and if he is, he's going to go up against the OC. So, you know, what What do we get? We get Ricochet, Humberto Carrillo, and and Rey Mysterio up against AOP and Seth. I mean, let's be honest about this. You know, Humberto versus either of the members of the Authors of Pain. I mean, this it, it's going to have to be purity. I, it would not be enjoyable to watch. There is no way Vince signs off on on them taking out the, those other three. No way. In any way, shape, or form without it being a sneak attack or something. So, yeah, I, I, I do believe that they that maybe they're kind of blowing their wad on the first on the first setup. That stinks. I just had another idea when you were talking about Kevin Owens and then Randy Orton, who could be the third guy. Titus O'Neil, because then you could have three guys with O last name. O. That is the dumbest reason. <laughs> I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> I I lucked out. Oh, Titus O'Neil was the only other person on Raw with an O last name. So somebody is Titus O'Neil. <laughs> no other choices. Like, oh come on, there's got to be another one. <laughs> one Hawkins. No Alexander. How horrible. No. <laughs> We've said this before. Like they had a faction with Titus O'Neil that would have been an awesome mid card faction. We haven't seen a good quality mid card faction in ages. I don't think we've seen one since Nation of Domination. Nation of Domination and DOA, Disciples Disciples of Apocalypse, and whatever the third one was that was in that little feud. A, a true mid card faction. We've seen main, uh, you know main event factions with Evolution and DX and all that stuff. But do you remember one? No, not offhand. Maybe the reinvention of the Heart Foundation ish. But. I just don't know that they've had one. Anyway, so yeah, I, I guess I guess whatever set of people the conglomerate of Ricochet and Kevin Owens can bring up, which could eventually build to a SummerSlam feud between Kevin Owens and Ricochet on the break of it. But I I really think that the Seth Rollins faction needs to be moved to four or five or six people um, that that kind of do is almost an inner circle type of faction and it needs to be very extended like don't give me a three pay-per-view faction give me a one-year faction or a year and a half um and then somebody can join that preferably has not feuded with the rollins of pain <laughs> and um and maybe take it over and i know you're thinking finn balor as i say that but no no, Finn Balor needs to take over those. He or nothing at all. Actually, what he needs to do is just take over NXT. Like, like, and I'm not meaning take over uh, Undisputed Era. I mean take out Undisputed Era and then say this is my house now, and 
either you play with me or you don't play at all. It's kind of sort of doing that. And, and you know, number one contenders match tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. No? Is that tomorrow or is it next week yeah, after that? I thought it was tomorrow. I don't know. I will, I will hands down say that it looks like the 18th of December is going to be the best night in wrestling in 2009. Could be. Well, have you seen... Uh, so, so we've got Jungle Boy versus... We have Jungle Boy versus uh, Jericho. Jericho. Yep. Yep. And you know, you know that that there's going to be some involvement from D. Uh, sorry, John and several other members. And, and there's just that's going to be an overall great show. On on NXT, we have isn't the title match between between uh, Rhea and Shayna that night? I'm not sure. I'm... And the number one contenders match with Keith Lee, Champa. And Finn Balor is that night. I'm a, almost well here. Let's look. If only had some sort of magic device that allowed us to look up all of this information right in front of us. It would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, they just really need to. I'd almost to be having that dead air right now so that it could shut this out. But that's not a huge deal. All right. Um. C I A M P A V S. Um. B A L O R V S. L-E-E. Didn't I spell champ that way? Maybe not. Yeah, maybe I should just go to NXT. Maybe. Anyway, one more. What were your it's thoughts gonna on heck, it's, it's going to be a heck of a night. Um, You know, in terms of the fantasy booking, like I said, I I didn't really have a plan what I would do. I think, I think basically, I mean, what you have to do, kind of like you said, we have to give uh, at least a few weeks if not month of Authors of Peyton Rollins just kind of running rampant. Like the NWO did when they first started. Uh, like DX did when they first started. Just have them run roughshod. I think uh, that way we can actually build the... Uh, uh, it is next. It is tomorrow. Lee, Balor, and Chompa. That's what I thought. But anyways, but you can, you can then build the faction against them based off of the people that they've destroyed rising you know what i mean a yeah. la batman in the dark knight rising you know they get defeated they disappear for a while they come back they deliver a big rah-rah speech in the locker room about how we can't take this anymore who's with me a couple people join up they go out they have a strong showing a couple more people join up and then eventually you've got a, a team of six or seven standing up to the three uh and then you can you can have uh, the surprise people joining Authors of Pain, you know what I mean? So suddenly, you you know, on one side you've got five or six people including, like, a tag team like Viking Raiders or someone, and then on the other side, uh, so the good guys think they've finally got the bad guys outnumbered, and then all of a sudden um, somebody shows up, like the Usos come back and they join Authors of Pain and, and all that stuff, and so they, now it's a little more even and I don't know, but... Well, and I guess... You're right, because the, really the only way to, to in my opinion, the only way to bring the Viking Raiders into this is to have AOP and Seth annihilate them for whatever. And it doesn't matter what the reason is, just reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and that, that could be to put AOP in a title match. You know. um, if you're going to do it, though, that means that you have to injure people beyond Royal Rumble. And I don't know that you want to do that. Like, Unless you have the fake injuries happen after Royal Rumble in the fourth draft of the last year, 
no, that'll happen at WrestleMania. So yeah, I think that's the route to go. Um, I, I don't think you have Seth win the title there. I think what you have is that that advantage for Seth to maybe show up at, at Elimination Chamber. Like, I don't think you have Seth win the Royal Rumble. I think that advantage shows up at Elimination Chamber. And then you show how ba, how BA the authors of Pain are by having them annihilate Brock while Seth is waiting in his pod, mm-hmm. which is a good way to get rid of Brock. So, um, yeah, that's I can book that a lot easier than I can the <laughs> unfold storyline. I do think Rick, I think Ricochet, as pure of a heel or as a facey as he is, he needs to be the primary of that group because we all know Kevin Owens is going to turn heel again, and then he's going to be face. He's going to be heel again, and uh, that's just Kevin Owens is I, he's the biggest player in it. But I don't know that he's for a long-term faction feud. He's not the right guy. Yeah. Well, we so. can go ahead and move on to uh, booking uh, concept number two because uh, we spent about half an hour on that one, and, and I don't think either of us are going to be happy with that, no matter how they. Yeah. But anyway, so we'll go on to book number two. Uh, what do you got for me? I think I want to go cold case with this. Ooh, a little older, a little little different style. I want you to book to rebook the John Cena versus The Rock promo setup with John Cena admitting the fact that he's going to follow the exact same path The Rock took. Oh, you're hitting hard for me because that was actually during uh, my radical, uh, oh, I think. That's not fair. I shouldn't do that to you. So, so it'd be it'd be tough for so, me to book that because I'd be uh, looking up the Wikipedia well, let, and let's then... challenge. No, let's just challenge the the let's challenge the jury to that. Do it in writing. Tweet us in 140 characters how you would have John Cena call out The Rock way back when when you when he said you gave up on wrestling and you went to movies to make more money and do not have to wrestle anymore and you said you love this this sport but you don't actually love this sport you just want you just care about yourself by the way cena now in movies hustle care about the sport loyalty (laughs) respect and stuff yeah, I think that was probably about a year or two before I came back. So. Oh, that stinks. Okay, so we're going to go back even farther. We're going to go colder case. Okay. Um, book for me, Scott Steiner taking over the NWO from Hulk Hogan. Okay, so we're talking pre-Wolfpack split? Yep. Okay, so... Official joining. Yes, Scott Steiner... So, this would be pretty early Big Papa Pump, truly, because that was yes. kind of when he joined. Yep. Was uh, the Big Papa Pump. I mean, I, I, I really think, like, up until then, probably about the same trajectory, the big change would be now that he's in the NWO, uh, slowly, you know, have him start uh, feeding the flames. You know, uh, Hogan always liked to talk about his, what was it, 34-inch pythons? 34, I think. Yeah, Okay, I get where you're going with this. And huh? and I think Scott Steiner, uh, Big Papa Pump, probably uh, at his biggest had bigger than 34-inch python. Um, 
they were entirely uh, fabricated. Let's call it that. Yeah, they, I mean, yeah, they they were fabricated with uh, a little bit of working out, a lot, a lot, a whole bunch of working out. I mean, yeah, he, there might have he, been something to help him recover a little bit faster. Re- recovery, a lot of recovery juices, some creams and some clears and stuff like that. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. So I am betting at least I, whether they legitimately were bigger than Hulk Hogan's in, in his heyday. I don't know. Maybe I I have reason to believe Hulk Hogan's were never quite as big as he claimed. But that's beside the point. Oh, um, but oh wait, that wasn't that. Never mind. <laughs> but uh, but so having having Steiner start, you know, just laying the groundwork for uh, you know, the new biggest biceps in the world. Uh, 36-inch pythons and or more. I mean, you can exaggerate. 42-inch pythons. Um, and and so what you end up building up is is kind of this whole feud of of Hulk Hogan starting to get jealous of Scott Steiner being bigger. And I mean that in a literal sense, not a um draw sense. <laughs> right? Uh, but and then. You know, eventually it could lead to to uh, the jealousy angle. Hulk Hogan trying to say we need to kick uh, Scott Steiner out of the NWO, um, and some people in the NWO. So this would be before it, it had ballooned up to seventy two members, but it was in the probably uh, the pr- probably around that eight number at this time, eight or nine, maybe ten. Anyways, uh, but you have a few people start siding with. Uh, Scott Steiner uh, and then you know you build up to kind of this battle uh, eventually Hulk Hogan challenges him to a loser leaves NWO match sort of a thing uh, where he thinks he's got the advantage maybe even puts it as a no DQ because he feels like uh, he can trust the other two of the original members Scott uh, Hall and uh, Kevin Nash to help him beat up Big Papa Pump and kick him out uh, and then at that match, you can have the big turn where, you know, Scott Steiner has somehow or another convinced Kevin Nash and, and Scott Hall to join him on his side and oust, oust the uh, defunct leader, the no longer biggest biceps in the business, uh, which then would allow Hulk Hogan to take a break and come back and pretend to be contrite and make up with the WCW faithful. Uh, and bring back the face Hulk Hogan in the heyday um, and start battling the NWO, um, which could then lead to a Hulk Hogan turn uh, to rejoin the NWO um, and split off the original faction into the NWO black and white. And then it could kind of go almost like it did in the maybe just not 72,000. Okay, fair enough. I don't know why I chose Big Papa Pop, but... You know, it's it's too easy to to oh book Sting as the leader of the NWO or or you know it, it would be entertaining to think of the Giant taking over NWO um, as you know he was probably the most recent one to beat Hogan cleanly in a match. Now, but, now one of the things that I would probably add to it is uh, probably the easiest way to justify people taking uh, Big Papa Pump's side. Uh, in the NWO uh, is his freaks, you know, 
Like you, Vincent would very easily be swayed to be on the side of the guy who's got lots of. Like you're ch- you're talking about the girls, right? Yes, the girls, because he's your hookup. Holla if you hear him. And so, so just from a standpoint of you know, uh, I could just see a whole bunch of the kind of lower level NWO people being like, well, I could continue to hang out with Hulk Hogan, uh, but it's kind of a sausage when I'm hanging out with Hulk Hogan. And this Steiner guy, he's got the girls. Maybe I want to hang out with him instead. And so then the NWO could come out with just a kind of an entourage of, of girls with him. Yeah, that's how I'd do it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is so 90s, it's not even it funny. This is 100% 90s. It is so 90s that Vince Russo is listening right now going, ooh, ooh, ooh. Crash TV, bro. We'll actually have Macho Man take it over because he's got the Macho ladies with him. Did he, yeah. did he ever? Miss Madness and uh, Miss Madness and Gorgeous George and well, Molly was Miss Madness. So Molly was Miss Madness. At one point, he had Medusa in it as well, but I can't remember if he gave her a different name or just she was Medusa. You know, because because <sighs> that was. As much as I love Macho Man, that was not the highlight of Macho's. No. <laughs> uh, so, uh, just speaking of Macho Man, little thing that I learned, and it made so much sense once I heard it. Uh, Macho Man apparently was so concerned uh, early in wrestling with his height, because he's not a tall guy, and uh, he's fighting against Big View, that he learned to wrestle on his tiptoes, uh, and then eventually got shoes with, with heels, you know, hidden heels in them to make him look taller. Uh, But the real thing that makes that impressive to me, that means when he was climbing up to the top rope and standing on the top rope to get ready to do his elbow drop, he was doing that all on his tiptoes. And that is freaking impressive, if you ask me. There are a lot of people who can barely stand on the top rope with both feet flat. And he's up there on his tiptoes, jumping off to one of the better elbow drops of all time. He's done one of the better elbow drops of all time for a long time. Mm-hmm. On I mean, his tiptoe. Almost insane. Mm-hmm. Oh, drop. Yes. I don't know. It, you know, it, it might be heresy to say that she's better than him, but she's, if not better, pretty damn close. Well, she's right up there with HBK's. HBK's elbow drop was always impressive. I was like, why are you doing it? And that's still pretty good. The way Kyrie saying kicks her legs out, I think is what kind of makes She kicks her legs out, and then her elbow isn't just like, kind of held out it swings in uh, if, if this was a video feed you'd see i'm sitting here in front of my computer doing my album so oh wonderful That's yeah. good. folks be happy we only do a podcast we don't yes do video feeds. yeah you guys don't want to see it i swear but i guess on that note we will move on to a different segment um we're only going to do two FBI bookings this week. Uh, I was just noticing the podcast was getting longer and longer as we were doing four, so we're just going to do two this week. Keep it short and sweet. So we will move on to our newest segment on this show. Nullify, vilify, or deify. That's right, our shameless copy of Fire Push Barry. And the rules are simple. You must nullify someone out of wrestling entirely, vilify one person to the bottom of the card, and deify one just like HBK over Bret Hart. Ooh, I like that one. 
that's so way better than the Roman Reigns one you've been using. Oh, I've switched it up every week. But DA Fame, I think I'm gonna go nice with you this week. Uh, your choices are Macho Man in his prime, Stone Cold in his prime, and The Rock in his. Oh wow. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with. I do, do. Do we get? Do we get a longer Stone Cold? I would love to have a longer Stone Cold, but he was pretty deified, anyways. We're gonna go with uh, Macho Man being nullified. Um, I love Macho Man. I know it hurts. It hurts me. There's not a one of these that doesn't hurt. <laughs> like if I nullify Dwayne the Rock Johnson, you're gonna be like, "Well, I understand because he had movies." Yeah. Did you see the Scorpion King? Without him being deified on his own, he never gets another shot after Scorpion. Sorry. Uh, or Mummy. I don't even think they made a Scorpion King movie without the Mummy being really bad and, and The Rock being really good in the ring. So, I, yeah, I'm going to go with Macho Man. Just Macho Man felt like the second character in several of his feuds. Not just the one with Hogan. The one with Ultimate Warrior was, he was the second character. The one with... Um, with Steamboat. He was the second character. He just, he felt like the second character. When he was a face, he was this, he was Hogan's backup. When he was a heel, um, as, as Macho King, it was to, to highlight other people. It just, I'm gonna say Macho Man's the one I nullify. Okay. Uh, which means I have to admit whether I like The Rock or Stone Cold better, which means I'm going to take some flack from some jurors, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to vilify Stone Cold, and I don't because I think he can overcome it because he'd been at the bottom of the card before, stunning Steve, um, you and your Hollywood blondes. So yeah, yeah, I'm going to nullify um, I'm going to nullify Stone Cold, and I'm going to I'm going to deify The Rock because. I think he had more to do with it mainstreaming overall than Stone Cold. I think people, once they were there, fell in love with Stone Cold. But I think I think I think Rock brought more people there. Excellent. And I would actually say Kurt Angle brought more than both of them. But I know a lot of people would tell me I'm I'm crazy for that. Well, I mean, it's a different demographic. Kurt Angle brought in like legitimate sports fans. Yes. Uh, whereas Rock. Rock brought in teenage boys who wished they were cool. Yeah. So at Arby's tonight, I actually heard a teenage boy make a teenage joke since we brought that up. Um, and he, they ask at my local Arby's, they ask uh, uh, for your name. And he went up to the counter and he said, Jack, of course. And uh, uh, I bet you can't guess what his last name was. Mihoff. Uh, it was just off. No, just, just off. off. Yeah. Yeah. So when they said order for Jack. He goes Jack. up to the counter. He's all of 14, maybe. Uh, is this the order for Jack off? And the girl says, would you not? And I'm like, I'd have had way more fun with this if I was her. I'd have been like, yep, it's an order for a Jack off. Or, yep, it's an order for... for oh, That's what you're going to do with your food? That's disgusting. You know, or something along the, those lines. Um, this is also uh, just one of those that's on the interstate. So... There's not really a town around, and it just so happens that there was a bus for a Catholic school parked outside that he was involved with. And I'd have had it. I mean, let's go. Let's go. Let the father or sister who's in that car 
with this in this bus with these kids <laughs> know exactly what kind of fool he made of himself in there and yeah i almost did and i was like no nah, i'll be nice he's 14 he doesn't have the brains to challenge a adult in terms of slinging some insults just thought you might enjoy that miss hug and kiss I need Amanda Hug and Kiss. <laughs> That's a good one. I, I think never... that was my favorite bow of all time. I I was in the Vegas airport once in Las Vegas. Of course, not the Vegas airport in New York because that was really odd. <laughs> um, and over the loudspeaker, several of them came across. <laughs> several of them. So, <laughs> Amanda Hug and Kiss. Yes. Amanda hugging. All right. Okay, who you got so, for me? Nullify, DFI, Vilify. I, I, I think I'm going to give you a little bit of a current challenge because you went some old school there. I'm going to go new school here. Um, I'm going to say you have to nullify, DFI, or Vilify tag team division members on WWE Raw because we already talked about it. and We, we thought to ourselves, this is really difficult to do. So, Ryder and Hawkins. AOP and we'll just go with Vikings. A little bit of difficulty between AOP. That's tough. Now the sad thing is, like most people out there listening, uh, probably are already like, "Well, that's simple. You nullify Hawkins and Ryder." No, um, I don't think you have to. Though. <laughs> but but I but I'm not gonna. Um, They're so cause, good because the thousand dollar Roski deserves to stay on TV. Uh, yeah. Uh, in fact, you and I have talked before about how they they really did botch the ending to Hawkins' losing streak. Uh, they really could have built that up to a lot bigger of a thing. But yeah. so so I remember I'm gonna... how big of a deal it was when when uh, Barry Horowitz got his first win. Oh yeah, it was huge. He was suddenly main eventing and everything. Yeah, that's where they should have gone with that. But... Able to pat himself on the back and mean it this time. Yeah. Uh but so, so I'm not going to nullify Hawkins and Ryder. I'm still debating on exactly what I'm going to do with them. Um, but I think the team, I think the team that gets nullified out, and, and this is one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't situations. Yeah, but, it absolutely is. But I think I would nullify AOP. And there's really? nothing, nothing against them as wrestlers or anything like that. I just think like the, the their gimmick is just so kind of nebulous and whatever and viking raiders just have this gimmick that just screams pro wrestling and and oh, right so so uh so i think i i think i think i'm gonna be the weird one i'm gonna nullify aop i'm gonna vilify the viking raiders and i'm gonna deify the crap out of Hawkins and Ryder. Uh, I'm going to give them the push that should have gotten. Uh, really? When they first got the titles? Yeah, when they first got the titles. I'm going to let them go on a, a run winning streak. I'm going to let them beat a bunch of people. They're going to beat the Viking Raiders. That's going to be them vilifying down. And they're going to go clean? on. No, oh, clean. You better believe with the with, Rough Rider. Are you taking like a, a kick out of the Viking experience by Kurt Hawkins? Because that would be epic. Maybe. Kurt Hawkins be the first guy ever to kick out of the Viking experience. Yeah, not it would be kick out, not a breakup. Yeah, it'd be pretty good. It'd be pretty good. I'm gonna get so much flack from from the jury. Though. Oh, no I one. I think of one juror in particular from Canada. I eh? think heavens, he's not. You know, <laughs> he would have already said, "Oh, geez." <laughs> Karaoke's more fun than this, though. Apparently. Apparently. 
Oh, I, I'm sure we're gonna get a text tomorrow that says sorry. So, sorry, fellas, don't you know? Yeah, sorry. I just couldn't make it last night. <laughs> it's really sad that he never has the Canadian accent. Yeah, like, after, it's kind of disappointing. Justin LeBlanc, we miss you. Yeah. Anyways. But I think that'll do it for this episode of it from the FBI. As always, I said it earlier, I'm going to say it again. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Make sure to uh, hop on to YouTube and uh, follow us there. Subscribe to our channel. Turn the bell on. Give us a thumbs up on our videos. Uh, even if you don't use YouTube uh, to listen to podcasts, we post them there. And just giving it a thumbs up and a subscribe helps us out a lot there. Uh, go Hop over to Apple Podcasts and review us. Just like Meltzer at Wrestle Kingdom, five stars all the way. Um, and then, like I said, follow us on Twitter. You can always find me on Twitter at Raw and Order WBU. And you can find DA Fabe at DA Vincent K Fabe. Awesome. And you know, that- the other thing is, it is the season. We should maybe mention something else. So when you're getting your because you didn't listen to Bob Barker when you were a kid, or somebody didn't listen to Bob Barker when they were, when they were a kid, they didn't have their pets spayed and neutered. And at the local shelter, you're getting that ready to get that gift for your kid. You know, shelter pets are a really really good way to go, as opposed to say going out and buying the four thousand dollar bulldog for your kid. Um, that's been bred or going out and buying the annoying chihuahua that's going to nip at your heels. Why don't you go take a look at a couple of shelter pets who need, who need a little love, too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think uh, the statistic is uh, 44% of all dogs and like 42% of cats, something like that, um, that will be adopted this holiday season will be uh, adopted from shelters and the rest of them are going to be bought from puppy mills and cat mills out there and that's just a shame um it's unethical those puppy mills the way that they churn out those dogs um the way that they continue to breed um it's just not not a good way to do it and there's plenty of animals sitting at a shelter near you that just need a home and um at least consider the option I personally have two shelter pets here. I've got a little one who's the oldest, Lois Lane running around. I've got Princess Buttercup running around. And I cannot imagine my life without them. Uh, They're wonderful. And uh, I wouldn't have them if I didn't go to that shelter and and pick them out. And so it's a great way to, if you're you're thinking of a pet for Christmas for the kids or even just for, for family, at least go to a shelter and look. They're quality animals and they just, they need it. Uh, more than these puppy mills do. Um, it's just a great way to do it, and you'll find an animal that you'll love there. Pretty simple. Um, and and that will love you. I mean, oh. here's the deal. Shelter pets are not the vicious ones that have been left behind and, and are un, unruly around people. Um, if they don't do well with kids, they'll tell you at the shelter, and they need love. They need a home. Well, and, and the nice uh, thing is, I don't know a single shelter that doesn't have a room where you can sit down with the animals uh, one at a time and kind of play with them, figure out which one fits you the best, which one you like their personality or you like their look or whatever, or which one likes you the best. 
Ah, you're not picking from a picture. You're picking from. You're really letting your pet pick you, and that's really cool when that happens. It is. It's a life-changing experience, and uh, it's a great thing. You know, to be perfect, last we mentioned Christmas. Uh, our oldest one mentioned a bit ago, Lois Lane. She actually was a Christmas present to my wife when we first got married. Oh, um, that's very cute. And, and uh, what I did is I told her on Christmas Day that she had a present, uh, but it wasn't under the tree. And that uh, on the next business day uh, following it, we would go to the shelter and pick out a kitten for her. And we went down uh, and there was this little kitten uh, and my wife just fell in love with it. And the name at the shelter was Nestle. And we just knew that one for our family. So we renamed her Lois Lane. Uh, but she was a Christmas shelter pet. And it was one of the best decisions we ever made. So, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you might have heard the ad earlier in the night, and uh, yeah, we we just we legitimately really do believe in that mm-hmm. uh, concept. Um, and the cool part is the proceeds go to helping other shelter pets find a exactly. Uh, so, but on yeah. that note, do um, cool this yes. Do something cool this Christmas. And you can also do something cool to us. You can go to anchor.fm slash raw and order WBU and you can click that support and you can send us a little money to help us make this podcast better. Because um, at the end of the day, Officer Smarks is my shelter bed. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I actually even found out a cool thing. Um, you don't even have to go to anchor.fm yourself. If you use an app like, uh, in the case of me, the Podcast Addict app on your phone, and you're just on our little page looking at our podcast, and you click on the menu, there's even a button right there for support this podcast. It takes you straight to the support page um, where you can pledge as little as a dollar, as much as $10 a month to help us out. Uh, any dollar comes is uh, greatly appreciated and helps us make this better um, all around. But if you can't support us that way, like I say, uh, go to YouTube, find us there, and subscribe to us there. Go to iTunes, give us a five-star review. Those are other ways that cost you nothing to support this podcast. And the biggest way is share this podcast with your friends. Share it on Twitter, share it on Facebook. We've even got a Facebook page you can share there. Uh, get the word out on us, and uh, we would love to entertain more people in the future. We have a Facebook page? We do have a Facebook page. You know, the funny part is you've mentioned this, I don't know how many times. <laughs> I should probably, like, join You're that. even an admin on the Facebook page. You <laughs> clicked accept. Oh, I didn't, maybe I don't even know it yet. Yeah. That's sad. So, so... First, DA Fabes is going to go find the Facebook page. And then everyone else go find the Facebook page. Um, and, you know, like it's there. Great way you can send us uh, your requests or your booking advice there. Like I said, you can always, on Anchor FM, send us a voice message with your booking uh, questions or your uh, crime reporting on there. We'd love to use it that way. But other than that, I think uh, we will close the book on this visit from the FBI. Thanks for listening. Bye.